Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We are delighted to be joined by Mary Frances Winters. She started the Winters Group, a, a global diversity and inclusive consulting firm, what, over 30 years ago, Mary Frances? That's correct. Absolutely. 36 years ago, to be exact. Good for you. So thank you for being with us today. And you're a best-selling author, we should say that. And we wanted to play Rise Up by Andrew Day because we know that is the, uh, it's the unofficial anthem of Black Lives Matter. So we're trying to play a lot of meaningful music. That was very meaningful. Love that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so thanks for being with us today. Do you want to, you know, you started out as an advocate, as an advocate for, you know, change, and you have been doing consulting for, you know, global diversity and inclusion for over 36 years. What, what inspires you still about it? What, you know, how did you get motivated to get into it? Yeah, so, you know, so then is now, um, yeah. I'd say. Um, when I was um, first starting out um, back in the uh, early 80s with my business, I left the corporate world because um, I didn't feel that I could reach my full potential as a black woman. I felt that there was all sorts of bias going on um, at that time. Um, you know, we know about the Civil Rights Act, uh, Civil Rights Act, um, Act of 1964, you know, that was passed, which was supposed to guarantee, you know, uh, no discrimination in the workplace. But we know that many of the, the laws and legislation that have been passed over the years, over the centuries, um, really have little meaning because racism is still really um, rampant. So I wanted to start my company uh, to support organizations in their quest to be more inclusive and to dismantle uh, the racist practices. And, and do you help companies, you know, do that? Is that one of the things that you do? Because I know you write books, but is that one of the things that your company does? Absolutely. That's exactly what we do. Yeah, I, I write books. Of, you know, I'm an author, but I'm also the president and CEO of the Winters Group, and we are a 36-year-old diversity and inclusion okay. um, equity um, uh, consulting firm. So we consult with um, many organizations, um, and we consult with financial, big financial institutions, large corporations. We all actually... Um, we have a contract with the state of Minnesota to do work around uh, bold, inclusive conversations. And, and we need your help right now. Um, big time. <laughs> yeah. so, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Mary Frances Winters from the Winters Group. Mary Frances, talk to us about your thoughts right now yeah. on the current crisis and black fatigue associated with it. Yeah, so my latest book um, that's going to come out actually in February, or maybe sooner if the, because the publisher wants it to come out sooner, is called Black Fatigue, How Racism Erodes the Mind, Body, and Spirit. And if we ever saw an example of black fatigue, we're seeing it right now. Black people are saying, we are tired. We are tired of lack of progress. We are tired of uh, continued you know, police brutality. We are tired of the inequities, you know, the disproportionality of black people, black and brown people dying from COVID-19 uh, because of disparate health um, outcomes. And those outcomes, in my book, I, I have a whole chapter on uh, the fact that um, scientists are now finding that it's racism, not race, that is the cause of many of the uh, health disparities. And so I think that this is a tipping point. I think that there, this is at the point of no return. I think, you know, in the past when uh, Philandro Castillo and, we had, and then many, many others mm-hmm. uh, who um, died at the hands of police brutality, we saw um, protests. But 
it seems that, you know, after a month or so, you know, everybody goes back to, to normal and nothing changes. I think this time is different. I really think this time, I think there comes a point in everybody, for, you know, in, in our history, when we've seen history, history of change, there comes a point where people are saying enough is enough and we're not going to take it anymore. What is the number one thing that you say to companies, you know, when you go in about to address what's going on? Because there's so many people that will say things like, oh, I don't see color or I don't have a prejudice bone in my body. Or, you know, there's kind of this story that white people tell themselves. Right. We minimize, you know, I think a lot of times white people minimize uh, the impact of race. Uh, you know, I love everybody. I don't see race, as you say. And so what we say is that please see race. Please see it, because mm-hmm. if you don't see it, you don't you can't address it. You can't address that which you don't see. And that's why we haven't addressed it. I, I do you feel hopeful right now because it is at the tipping point that that there will be significant change as a result of this, because every everybody is affected. It is a conversation so many people are having. Yeah, everybody is affected. And I do feel that this time perhaps we we might see, um, I'm hopeful that we will see systemic, um, long-term, you know, sustained uh, change. Uh, We have had um, many clients call us to ask us to start to do some work with them. I think one of the issues around uh, the diversity movement is that it doesn't really focus on race. It doesn't focus on black people because whenever you start to talk about black people, people get scared and they don't want to have the conversation. And so um, race, particularly black race, gets subsumed with other aspects of diversity. Now, I'm not saying that the LGBTQ um, community is not important. I'm not saying that the Asian American community is not important. They experience a lot of xenophobia, as has the Latino community um, over immigration issues. So we're all important. But what I'm saying is we have to look at each one uh, in its own because there are uniquenesses. And with uh, Blacks and African Americans, we have been reluctant to face those issues. We have subsumed them with other diversity, uh, with other diversity issues. I think now is the time for us to talk about um, anti-black racism, the racism that is against black people specifically. Name it, claim it, and let's do something about it. Give us, give us an example of what anti-black racism is. Well, uh, I think you besides you the police, it, um, I mean, besides yeah. police brutality, but the more silent things that we as white people just don't see or know about. Well, yeah, there are, um, you know, there there are really, um, you know, the subtle kinds of things. I guess is what you're talking about. The yes. things that you may you, that, that you may not see, and so some of the things that we see um, are hate crimes. We see we can see racist jokes and slurs, people using the N word, neo Nazis, and the KKK. So those are all, you know, overt forms um, of racism. Some of the more subtle things um, are discrimination in in lending. So. Uh, we all, we know by statistics that um, black people um, are are much less likely to get a mortgage. I don't remember what that exact statistic is, but I have it in my book. And also um, in terms of small businesses, I'm a small business owner, right? I've been a business owner for 36 years. I wouldn't even think about going to a bank for a loan because I know I wouldn't get one. You know, so there's a, and, and there's data that shows that women of color, black people do not get uh, loans. Mass incarceration, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so um, 12% of the population is African-American and 33% of the prison population is African-American. And by the way, 47% of those who get exonerated every year because they were um, wrongly accused are African-American. So we're being incarcerated for things uh, that we didn't, for crimes that we didn't even um, commit. Um, in schools, two to four times um, more likely to be suspended from schools, even in preschool. So 19% of the U.S. population is comprised of um, black preschoolers, and they comprise 47% of those who are, of the children who are suspended. I mean, your kid is in preschool, they're two years old, and you're suspending them? 47% of those who are suspended are preschool. You want to know, do you want to know something? Do you want to know more? Okay. Uh, Where is that enough? (laughs) <laughs> no, that is enough, and it's important to hear that. And I unfortunately, we're going to run out of time because we have to go to our news. But I I want to continue this conversation with you. I think we all do. I want your book. I want, your I want book. Black Fatigue to get pushed out there sooner. We need it right now, and uh, we really appreciate that you took the time to be on our show today. And we're gonna we're gonna try and do better, Mary Frances. You're right, on our radio show. You. Oh, no, thank you so much for your time. And we'll be in contact with you in the book. We can pre-order it, Black Fatigue, um, by Absolutely. Mary Frances Winters. So thank you so much, Mary Frances. We'll All right, right thank you. Thank you. We'll be back. We got Paul Folger from uh, KCB Channel 5 Eyewitness News. My Talk 1071.